Welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. Whether you are looking for help recovering from mold illness or just want to learn more about creating a safe environment for your family, this podcast is the place for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mold Matters Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Evans, alongside Mike Adams. Hey, Jer. Hey, how you doing? Great. How are you? Good. Got Christmas out of the way? Yeah. Christmas and New Year's. It's 2023. By the way, this is the last year Jeremy is not going to be a father. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be a father in about a month. So yes. It's exciting. And hopefully, uh, hopefully can keep my family mold free. We had a flood in my basement. You uh, did, didn't you? Over the weekend. Yeah. It was yeah. a week ago. Over, oh, okay. over the holiday. Yeah. Yeah. So here I am, you know. <laughs> yeah. I had good practice. I, I went down and it was pretty bad. It had flooded through. Here's the interesting thing. We had, you know, we talk about, uh, water intrusion. Yeah. And I'm still not entirely sure how the water got into the basement through the window. Well, uh-huh. um, partially because I'm always here at work or doing other things and I haven't had a good daylight to really analyze it. Right. Um, but I mean, I, I'm down to like two possibilities. I do think it might be my, my, my strongest theory is the downspouts because we have two on on both sides and they're the ones right. that go underground. Yes. I think they may either got clogged up. Yeah. And it's kind of overflowing yeah. or it was so cold back when it happened. I wonder if you know the water that was in there froze, froze. and then and then, to go. and then do you remember when it rained? It was yeah. freezing, then it rained, and then we had an incredibly wet snow also on yeah. top of that. Yeah. So I don't know Again, I need some daylight to really analyze it, but I did. I did end up having to to kind of pull the carpet back yeah. and get out a bunch of fans. Yeah. I, I drove over here to the office, grabbed a bunch of fans, and well, it's amazing how even one gallon of water can saturate carpet. Oh yeah, and it's also amazing how just a drip, drip, drip can add up to a gallon in almost no time. Yeah, to to uh, to make the story even worse, it was about half the room that got wet. So I pull up the carpet, dry it out, go to work the next morning, come back uh, after that evening, yeah. and it had done it again. But because I had pulled the carpet back, it was able to penetrate even deeper. Oh, great. Yeah, nothing yeah. to absorb it. Nothing yeah. to absorb it. Yeah. So now the whole room is, is <laughs> totally torn up. Yeah. So I'll put it back together. I'm actually excited to – I've never done the pad myself as far as reinstalling it. Yeah. So I'm going to reinstall it just for yeah. fun. Huh. And so that actually fits in with number. So today, just by way of introduction, we're going to talk about um, 10 things you should know about mold. Um, and one of those actually has to do with this. So I'm going to, I'll kind of hark back to that when we get to that point. But um, this is kind of just a fun little checklist. We'll, we'll just address each point, give our two cents on each one of them. And uh, Mike, if you don't mind, uh, let's give us number one. Yeah. Uh, number one on 10 things you should know about mold. Uh, potential health effects and symptoms associated with mold exposures include allergic reactions, asthma, and other respiratory complaints. And then we would throw in a whole huge list after that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I always said, look, I'm, I'm no doctor. I just know what I've seen after being in hundreds, hundreds of homes and talking to hundreds if not thousands of people but the symptoms it seems though there are two different kind of what i call two different grades of symptoms one is the more acute things like allergies 
-hmm. and um, asthma, um, even sinus infections. And then there's more um, neurological or, um, I don't know if that's the right word, but um, things and that... Psychological. Yeah, yeah, things that include anxiety. And in fact, you have a list there, Jeremy, that yeah. is one on one of our brochures. Yeah, kind of the mental, emotional... Uh, lack of focus, depression, yeah. like you're saying, mood swings, uh, word recollection. Yeah, brain brain fog. Brain fog is big. Is yeah. huge, obviously. Yeah, that's one of the big three. If I hear brain fog, I'm very, very keen on maybe there's a mold issue. Yeah, yeah nervous system. Yeah, headaches, tremors, twitches, numbness, tingling, vertigo. You know what's funny? When when I, I remember when I first started studying the health effects of mold, I remember reading like different doctors and, and I remember reading one doctor say there are over 20 symptoms, you know, that can be associated with mold yeah. illness. And then I, you know, and then I started reading more stuff and then I hear another, another doctor say 25. And then, yeah. and then I read a, another book last year, 40. And now I'm convinced that there's probably over a hundred. I mean, yeah. cause it's not really, the mold isn't necessarily attacking you know, just I'm going to attack your arm right now. It kind of attacks the systems, and yeah. however the body, you know, each yeah. body is a little bit different. Each situation is different, a little different, and how the the system reacts to that can manifest in so many different ways. Yeah, that lists are almost insufficient, but but nonetheless, it's good for people to see the yeah. most common it can, ones. It can really mess with your health. Yeah, and your family's health. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's incredible. We said this a bunch of times, but but if it's a big mystery. Uh, you can't figure it out and you go to lots of doctors. It's not a hundred percent, but there's a decent chance it could be your own home yeah. and mold. Yeah. In fact, we work with, uh, just to put a plug in for Dr. Jeff Wright down in Provo, but, uh, he and I had a conversation not long ago and he said, you know, I end up with some of the toughest cases because people have gone from doctor to doctor through the traditional route of, you know, Western practice MDs couldn't seem to get any real answers. They could treat the symptoms, but couldn't get any real answers. He says, I end up with the toughest cases. And he said, more times than not. In fact, I think he gave me a percentage, maybe 90%. It's either mold or like a cavitation, a tooth cavitation or yeah. something. A bad root, a root canal gone bad yeah. for years. But he said mold far and away is the, the most common in his practice. Yeah, I know it's so interesting. Yeah. Okay, let's go to number two. Okay. So by the way, this is a list we found online and we're just, we're, we're kind of commenting on each of these. So number two is there is no practical way to eliminate all mold and spores in the indoor environment. The way to control indoor mold growth is to control moisture. And we, we've talked about water, you know, water is, is, is the way you control mold, right? You control yeah. the water, you control the mold. Mold is mold is going to come into your home. Yeah. Even after a perfect treatment, mold will come in again. Um, the challenge is to not give mold a surface that it can thrive on. Right. And, and that's, um, you know, we don't talk about our process necessarily very often, but that's what our process does. It eliminates or makes the surfaces in the home very inhospitable to right. mold. And so it doesn't have what I call the mold. On an untreated home, mold has a luxury of being able to bounce off surface to surface to surface, seeking moisture and food. Mm -hmm. And even if it goes dormant, it's still viable and it continues to bounce around and, and float around and, and whatever until it finds 
food and moisture than is often growing. And so, again, your house will have mold. What you don't want is your house finding, or your mold finding a place to thrive. Right. That's where you get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that is, you know, you know, especially in the remediation world, when you, when you do perform kind of a, some kind of mold treatment in a, a home or a, a building and you take some kind of air quality testing afterwards and right. they, they see, wait, there's, there's three basidio spores and two cladosporium spores. I thought you guys treated this yeah. place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's kind of real world that's, stuff. Yeah. We're, we're, we've breathed in more than that right here of those two spores. Right. That. There's so, more on this tip of this pen right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, Okay. Um, number three, if mold is a problem in your home or school, you must clean up the mold and eliminate the source of mo sources of moisture. That's absolutely true. That is true. I, I did write on that note. It is very difficult to completely clean up a, a school. We've done it many times, yeah, but have. it's it takes some time and and it's just you know, mold or some of these schools around at least in Utah, they're fifty, sixty years old or more. Yeah. And they've had time to to uh, grow mold. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Is there any other reason why school is difficult? Just because just because it's old usually, and yeah, I think so. In fact, tons I, of spills from all the school children over the years right. and stuff like that. Accidents yeah. and yeah. toilet overflows. You know, when when I was in high school, if you were played on a on a varsity team, we had a team room. What we called a team room mm -hmm. it was a locker room. And I look back now, that was crazy. But that locker room was carpeted. That team oh, room, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was cool because you felt really special. If you had a locker in the locker in the team room, yeah, you know, you were one of the guys. Yeah, yeah. But we'd come out of the shower soaking wet, walk on that carpet <laughs> day in day out for that carpet was in there for 15, 20 years at least. Yeah, it had to have been just well, it stunk in there. It yeah. stunk really oh, bad, yeah. and so I'm sure it was mold in that carpet. Oh yeah. So yeah, S schools. Okay, number four. <clears throat> Fix the source of the water problem or leak to prevent mold growth. I mean, this kind of seems, some of these seem a little bit self-explanatory. Yeah, really obvious. Yeah. But um, but actually, having said that, it's surprising. Sometimes there are those situations where, hey, come fix my mold, but but there's a roof leak still going. Right. You know, there is still that water heater having issues. Yeah. I mean, there are those select circumstances where you might remediate before you fix the the moisture intrusion like in very rare circumstances yeah. where at least get the house better yeah if they're, if yeah. they're deathly ill and and for yeah, yeah. I, I can't even think of a good example off the top of my head but or even if they're closely you know you come in today and that guy's coming to to fix the water heater tomorrow yeah. okay maybe we can make an exception but but, but yeah I, I would say always double back and do tests to make sure everything's okay yeah after the water leak is fixed and there's that there's that kind of rule that we which is in an, a later um point here but there's that 24 to 48 hour rule of mold growth yeah so it's like if, if it really and it really does only take you know a day and if it really only does take a day for mold to start growing then you've got to you've got to make sure you fix the water yeah to really... the other thing that i've often thought about jeremy is that when they say 24 to 48 hours mold can start to grow they're kind of they're kind of offering the idea that you may get mold you may not if it's in that 36 hour range right yeah. well a lot of that depends on how 
moldy or what we call how elevated the original mold load was in the home mm -hmm. when you had a flood. We've had homes where we go in and they said, look, we had a flood. We didn't notice it for a couple of days, but then we got it cleaned up right away. Oftentimes, there are not really any visible signs of mold yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Other times, they've had it just for a couple of days and mold is just thriving. Yeah. And it has everything to do with, okay, how much mold was already in that home before that, yeah. that water event occurred? Yeah. I know. See, even, even with our, our little flood in our basement, you know, I got the fans on it really quickly. Yeah. I got with, I got to it within, you know, uh, the first one I got to it within, I think six hours, mm -hmm. uh, within a half a day. Yeah. And then the next day, again, within a half a day and got yeah. fans on it and dried out. But I even came, you know, I'd come check on it every day and even still go down there. There's a little, little funk. Is there? A little funky yeah. smell. And I have a fairly clean house. I've, I've, kind of treated it for mold. Well, let me ask you this. Is there a chance that it's been going on for a while in kind of a minor yeah. level? Yeah. And then finally when there was a lot of water, it really hit you? Yeah, it's yeah. possible. It's definitely possible. Yeah. Okay, number five, and then we'll do a quick quick kind of commercial break. Number okay. five, reduce <clears throat> indoor humidity, in parentheses here, uh, 30 to 60 degrees relative humidity to decrease mold growth by, and this is kind of, and this is a lot of stuff we, a lot of this stuff we've already talked about. This yeah. is kind of just a good checklist for everyone to go down. So by one, venting bathrooms, dryers, and other moisture generation generating sources to the outside. Yeah, let me throw in one thing real quick. Yeah. Is we see it a lot where people vent their dryer either into a crawl space, or vent it into an attic, or um, my my dad actually vented his dryer into his garage. <laughs> um, thinking that, well, that'll keep the garage kind of warm during the winter, yeah. you know. All bad ideas, real bad. Is it more common, do you think, with the laundry vent than like a bathroom vent? Um, it's, it seems like people try to to jimmy rig the laundry more. It often seems like it does seem like that. Yeah, the, it kind of does seem like they, the bathroom fan. They but, they do the attic venting, yeah, erroneously, but yeah, I, yeah. Okay, so. And then next point on that is um, decrease mold and growth by using air conditioners and dehumidifiers. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Air conditioning is one of the key components to regulating the humidity in a home or an environment. And then right. dehu dehumidifiers, or as, as they call it in the industry, dehues. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, you know, we don't have as big of an issue here in Utah, but right. as I talk to people in the humid areas, it's I think it's a definitely an underutilized. Yeah, you know the the. The standard, the, the typical homeowner isn't thinking, yeah, I'm going to buy a dehumidifier for my house. Right. You know, right. in Utah, people buy humidifiers, which have caused some issues with mold here. But, but you know, it's not, I've seen studies on this too, but it is amazing how much more comfortable your home feels when your humidity is lowered. You yeah. don't have that, you know, at 75 degrees in a dry home, mm -hmm. feels pretty okay. 75 degrees with 60% or 70% humidity feels awful. Yeah. And so it's, I mean, it's a win-win to dehumidify your house. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, the other point there on relative humidity is increased ventilation. Yeah. And we've talked about that as well. Uh -huh. Just cross flow, um, you know, windows are always good in the summer. Um, anything you can do to increase ventilation. I, in fact, I don't know if, remember if I talked about this when we talked about um, rising damp when I was in the UK, the big issue 
yeah, they have lots of humidity and they're basically, it's not swampland, but it's so mm -hmm. humid and wet. Right. That the indoor environments are really humid and they don't have forced air. Right. They just have like radiant heat because they don't really need, you know, they don't need air conditioners, air conditioners really. Yeah. So yeah. there's no forced air, which is fine because forced air has its own issues, but then there's no circulation of air. Right. So, you know, I, I know a lot of the encouragement out there is, okay, get something to move the air and then dehuse. dehuse you're you're going to laugh at this, but, but I, in fact, I've said this to a number of people. Sometimes you have to pretend you're a little mold spore. I didn't have to say little in front of that. I could have just said mold spore, but sometimes you have to pretend you're a mold spore, right? If I'm a mold spore and I'm in a house, what do I not want? Yeah. I don't want air passing over me. Yeah. Because I'm going to dry right out and, and shrivel up and go dormant. Yeah. I would love a little bit of moisture around. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, you get thirsty. Yeah. Real you thirsty. Drink. Yeah. And the same thing with like, in my opinion, with like uh, crawl space encapsulation. Mm -hmm. If I was a mold spore, tuck me under that encapsulation. I'm loving life. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's going to be wet down there. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you have to pretend you're a mold spore. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, we're never going to forget that one. Um, okay, last point on, on reducing your indoor relative humidity. Using exhaust fans whenever cooking, dishwashing, and cleaning. You kind of uh, hesitated when we were chatting about this before. Yeah, I'm not sure why. Well, I guess I don't completely understand it. It makes the, the cleaning the, one. Yeah, the cooking and dishwashing makes sense because dishwasher puts out steam, steam and cooking does the same. Yeah. The cleaning. Um, yeah. I, I, I just don't understand. I wonder it. if they mixed because, you know, VOCs yeah. gets lumped up with mold often because they're both air quality contaminants. Right. And they often say when you're cooking, turn on the fan. It'll absorb, you know, it'll yeah. suck up the yeah the VOCs. No, I ha I have seen this. I have seen sinks and bathrooms when you're, when you're cleaning, not cooking. Yeah, right? I know what you meant. I have seen this when you're when you're uh, when your sink has mold in it, like your bathroom sink. It gets worse when you turn the fan yeah. on in the bathroom if right. it's in the same vicinity as the sink. Yeah, because it kind of pulls the toxins out of the yeah the sink. So okay, yeah, I just be careful with that one. And and. Last thing I want to say about relative humidity, we don't talk about it that much, but um, this is this may seem really, really basic, but relative humidity means relative to the temperature. So if the temperature is at 75 degrees, now I know I'm not, I've talked to my brother and realized this isn't exactly correct, but it's the simplified version of it. At 75 degrees, air can hold a certain amount of moisture. Right. And um, so the relative humidity at 75 degrees, you know, say, say the relative humidity is 50% at 75 degrees. That means that that air is 50% full of what it can hold. When it hits a hundred percent, that's when you have con serious condensation on all surfaces. Yeah, yeah. On all the surfaces. So yeah. relative humidity is a good measure of, um, you know, it, it takes into account the environment, you know, so, and the temperature so um it's 30, all it's all relative it's all relative yeah 30 to 60 percent relative humidity you and i both talk about this a lot 60 is kind of talked about as the the number but none of us like to see 60. well there's studies out there that show you can grow mold at 60 percent yeah so you know? so it's that's a tough one yeah 50 50 is much better 50 is great yeah. and and you know if you can even go even a little lower, I think it's 
It's great. So with that, let's take a quick commercial break and then we'll come back for the last five items. Sounds great. Did you know the levels of some hazardous pollutants in indoor air have been found to be up to 70 times greater than in outdoor air? But who's monitoring that for you? Check out mypureproducts.net for the latest in monitoring devices and DIY mold test kits. Take control of your environment with mypureproducts.net. And we're back. Yeah, we're back. Great. Um, okay, as, as we kind of mentioned, we're doing the 10 things you should know about mold. We, we kind of found this list online, and we're kind of just going down them, commenting on each of them, kind of offering some insights that we, we have. And, and uh, we're on number six. And six, Mike, is clean and dry any damp or wet building materials and furnishings within 24 to 48 hours to prevent mold growth. Yeah, we, we talked about that. that yeah. Um, the success of that, getting it dried out. And not having an issue depends largely on the condition of the house before the leak or yeah. the flood. Yeah. Depending on your your what we call mold load or yeah. how much how many spores are floating in the air to begin with. Yeah. And there's quite a science actually that goes into drying. There's, yeah. uh, you know, obviously the key is getting air to it, and and fans is a big part of that. But um, the new, by the way, the new buzzword kind of in the industry. I don't know if it's really new, but is is uh water mapping water mapping yeah yeah it's another good way to say that is where's the water in the house (laughs) (laughs) and then mapping it and then mapping it yeah (laughs) yeah if you aren't familiar with water mapping you know you have moisture meters which is a every remediator and and water damage guys tool and you can put it on walls or poke it into walls and and it'll tell you how much moisture is on that wall or in that wall and you just go around everywhere on every wall that you suspect and you start to kind of create a little bit of a picture of what's behind there as far as moisture goes and then and you can map it 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 sounds really good water map just (laughs) we'll need to come over and water map that house if we can (laughs) yeah okay number seven clean mold off hard surfaces with water and detergent and dry completely absorbent materials such as ceiling tiles that are moldy may need to be replaced yes yeah those those ceiling tiles are the worst are the worst they, they really are. are yeah they're not they're not worth the money that it costs to replace them yeah just yeah. chuck them and start over yeah we were talking with i was texting a person this morning about smoke and how it, you know that's a material that can absorb smoke too yeah and it's just like yeah you could we might be able to figure out a way to get it out of there with some yeah. stuff we have but just maybe just throw those away yeah i <laughs> absolutely agree um and clean, clean mold off hard surfaces with water and detergent. Yeah. And, and dry completely. I think water and detergent is a good way to clean it off. There's a lot of, oh man, we were just looking at one this morning. There is a, there are a lot of different stain removers out there as well. Yeah. Um, most of them are a sodium hypochlorite, hypochlorite base. Right. But yeah. But any, honestly, anything on a hard surface is going to remove it. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you're cleaning it off. Yeah. On a hard surface. It's yeah. the softer, more porous things that become a challenge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, number eight, prevent condensation. Reduce the potential for condensation on cold surfaces, i.e. windows, piping, exterior walls, roofs, floors, by adding insulation. Yeah, a lot of that is um, we see a lot of leaks in attics that are real cold. If you have piping going through the attic, or even the crawl space for that matter, that gets real cold. Um and then the warm, moist air gets introduced 
from the house up into that into that space it's going to condensate like crazy and yeah and start to drip and you think you have a leak and you don't, you actually don't have a leak you just have major condensation and what happens a lot of times is that it will start to form water along the the pipe if yeah. you will and then depending on if the pipe is higher or lower on one end or the other uh-huh. it'll start to run one direction yeah and then it'll, it'll hit a point where it loses surface tension and start to drip right there yeah and so it can really throw you even even a leaky pipe will do that and yeah. throw you so yeah. you have to be really aware of okay this is where it's dripping but it's that where the problem actually is yeah or not so. yeah that's so that's a great point condensation on it i still run into you know you try to name every situation that someone might encounter for for water intrusion and i still run into scenarios where i was like i've never seen that before and yeah sometimes it's a condensation one where i'm like i I wouldn't have thought, you know, this particular setup would lead to condensation. Well, we see um, a ton of mold on the north side of attics. Yeah. And that's the cold side. Yeah. And that's where it condensates the most. Yeah. And so that's why it grows. Not that there's any less mold or mold, more mold on the north side than there is on the south side, mm-hmm. but that's where the moisture is. Yeah. And it's going to manifest, the mold will manifest itself wherever the moisture is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Condensation really does just come down to hot meeting cold, right? Yeah. And yeah. and uh, and that's another thing where I think we talked about this last week when we talked about let's just get a really big HVAC. Right. You know, to so our house will cool down really quickly. There's is, there's those types of scenarios where, you know, I, I can't think of a good one, but let's just bring a lot of heat into this environment. Uh, but but you have to, especially with heat and, and, and with cooling, you've got to think in terms of the condensation effect. Yeah. Yeah, because if you can cool your house off in 10 minutes, but that means your your air conditioner is going to sit idle for a time. That's why a lot of a lot of indoor guys want the homeowner to keep the fan running all the time. Yeah, it would drive my wife crazy to have that thing running all the time. But yeah, but um, anyway, back to the original point is that if that air conditioner sits idle for a time, it's going to condensate. Yeah, and think about that 24/7. You know, 12 or six months out of the year um you're gonna have condensation and moisture and you're gonna have mold sorry i just i just thought of one memory when you and i were in louisiana a few months back and it was remember how muggy it was yeah and we we pulled up to a store and the windows were really yeah fogged. that's right yeah and you and i even had this conversation we're like which side do you think the the condensation's on right and we kind of i think we were wrong actually we really? kind of i can't remember no i remember I it was on the outside was it on the outside because the they they air conditioned really well right. on the inside. Cold so it was freezing, freezing inside, cold inside and just yeah. muggy and hot outside. Yeah. And it was on the outside in that case. That's right. But, so the drier air was on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, something fun for everyone to try. Guess which side the condensation's on. <laughs> <laughs> it was extreme though, wasn't it? It was I've never seen it that bad. Yeah, it was that was one of the muggiest days of my life. Yeah. Um yeah, anyways. Number nine. Number in nine. areas where there's perpetual a perpetual moisture problem. Do not install carpeting. And there's some examples: drinking fountains by classroom sinks or on concrete floors with leaks, uh, or frequent condensation. Any thoughts there? Yeah, you just don't want to give mold a a chance to have. Um, what am I trying to say? Yeah. Constant food moisture, source. constant uh-huh. moisture, and a food source at the yeah. same time. Yeah. So. You know, oftentimes we see um, foundation walls that will get wet from the outside. 
that doesn't freak me out too bad because because there isn't um, if the base was not finished there isn't a great food source on that concrete wall right. to grow tons of mold yeah but once you start putting wood against that okay now you've got a problem yeah. because the wood will grow mold and so the same thing happens with the basement floor if there's no carpeting down there it's not a great food source for the mold right. but once you put carpeting down now you you've got an issue you, what you have to do is put yourself in the shoe of a mold spore yeah or well, is it a shoe not a shoe it, but... their shoes are very very small <laughs> and so that's hard <laughs> you, you to gotta just... put yourself in their place right? yes yes so if you were a mold spore would you want to eat some concrete or would you rather eat some carpet i'd much rather have carpet yeah yeah because yeah. 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 i know that carpet's going to keep me in water for a long time <laughs> yeah. it's very true though uh carpet is a much i mean i don't know if you can make a hierarchy with with food sources but surely you know your plastics and your concretes you know laminate is kind of a plasticky yeah you know, those are those are much less likely to be you know to have mold grow unless on, they're dirty unless they're dirty yeah and, right and then it kind of grows on the dirt maybe, yeah down to maybe your 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 softer surf you know your cellulose and things cellulose, like that yeah your papers right yeah okay so number 10 um, molds can be found almost anywhere. They can grow on virtually any substance, provide moisture, providing moisture is present. There are molds that can grow on wood, paper, carpet, and foods. We yeah. just talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything to add on that one? No, I just, I, I think the, uh, I had a thought. I kind of. Was it your favorite word, ubiquitous? Yeah, mold is ubiquitous. That yeah. is that that's is a great way to start any conversation about mold. <laughs> They'll think, hey, that guy knows what that's he's in your about. book. Yeah, that you wrote. I mold remember. is ubiquitous. Mold is ubiquitous. Yeah, it, but yeah, mold is it's going to be everywhere. What, and it's going to be in your house even after a, a, a successful treatment. Yeah, it will be in your house. And that's not what's making you necessarily sick. It's when mold finds a place to grow, mm -hmm. starts putting out spores and toxins that is what makes you sick yeah it's not just the mold if you could have the same outdoor mold level as you have indoors or same indoors as you have outdoors mm -hmm. you would never have an issue with yeah. mold but once you give it a food source and moisture and it starts to kind of get a stronghold in that home yeah. and it goes back to that old thing we used to talk about mold load yeah once the mold load starts to elevate you're going to have problems yeah now, certain molds I know do like different materials to consume. So, like, yeah. you know, deciduospores is is known as kind of a wood, uh -huh. a wood spore. It likes to chew on wood. It likes to Stack, consume wood. Stacky loves cellulose or cellulose. cardboard and sheetrock paper. Yeah. And yeah. So there is there is that to be said that, yeah. um, you know, certain molds are going to go after certain materials more than other molds and, yeah. and that kind of a thing, but. Yeah, that's our number 10, Mike. That's yeah. that's kind of 10 things to know about mold. Obviously, there are so many more things to know about mold, but um, this maybe is a good little checklist for anyone who wants to just know the basics about mold, mold removal. Um, yeah, and I, I also think it is it is really important to pretend you're a little mold spore. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you remember, Mike, uh, I bought you a yes. mold spore plush one yes. time. It's great. It's a little. Like a stacky, I wish I had it with me. It's a little stuffed animal of stacky botrys. Yeah. yeah, you can buy those online. So, yeah, I was as surprised awesome. as, yeah. as anyone. It's awesome, and that's why I had to buy it. Yeah. So, 
Anyways. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> One of my prized possessions. <laughs> little stacky fur animal. So whenever you look at that, you can say, if I were a mold spore, yeah. what would I do? And... Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that little plush animal is a great source for mold to, <laughs> to, to be in. To yeah. Be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it had water on it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. We'll yeah. uh, till we, till we meet again, and have a have a great one. Yeah, happy New Year. Thanks for listening to the Mold Matters podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more in depth information on mold illness and recovery.